Yeah, yeah. You know what time it is. Hey, you know what time it is. Hey, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. We about to do some party. Hey, we about to do some party. Hey, we back, man. You know, <laughs> Welcome I, I feel back like in 2019, I feel like I've said we back a multiple t- uh, times because I feel like it's been so long since we've actually recorded. That might each be a time. catchphrase. Is it? Is we it back. we back? We, we back. back. Okay, it might be one of those things. Uh, your boy Tim is in the building. It is your girl Sierra Danielle. And it's your boy Famous Phillips. And listen, I'm not going to hold any weight here whatsoever. We got my man Kobe in the building. Let's go ahead and clap it up, my guy. Kobe, you look excited to be here, man. I really am. Yeah, man. That's what's <laughs> up, man. That's what's up. So, Kobe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Shout out your socials. Hey, you heard it. You got it. That's you heard socials. That's just that socials. Went, went time. You, you heard it. it. Uh, and, and, and talk a little bit about yourself, man. Introduce yourself to the people. Hello, everybody out there. My name is Kobe Cornell Boone. I'm CEO and founder of Journey of Mind Incorporated, which is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that raises mm. awareness for mental health. Mm. personal development and travel within underprivileged communities. I'm a recent graduate one year ago um, to this month of North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with a degree in marketing. Handle with Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride? Yep, that's what I'm talking and about. And I'm also um, an incoming candidate for a master's in counseling for clinical mental health with a concentration, yeah, a master's in counseling with a concentration in clinical mental health to be a therapist. I, I want to be a therapist. Shout out to that, man. My man Kobe is really out here doing some work, man. And again, we're going to be talking a little bit more in regards to his business and what he got going on and everything like that moving forward. But we're glad to have him in the car this week. Who went to school together? We're going to school together. For real? Yes. Like y'all two are going to school. Like y'all about to be in the master's program. program. Wait, why, why am I just now finding out about this? No, because we, we went to the event. Um, we went to last week for the, yeah. um, the spotlight. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going to get my MBA. And I was like, yeah. me too. I was like, you know, UNCP has a really dope online program. He was like, I know, I just applied. I was like, nigga, me too. What? Wait a minute now. Wait, so y'all both in the same program? Nah, essentially we probably will. Be. Probably will be out, yeah. Y'all, uh, shut the front door. I gotta finish my application and stuff. And, and then we, we gotta, gotta study for a journey. Oh, oh yeah. okay, okay. I see I see where we at with it. Got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I see where we have to do. Y'all put the mic in the middle between y'all. I ain't picking up Calvin like I need to be picking oh, up Calvin. Because he's not talking mm. loud. Yeah. I was talking loud. Okay, you good right there, baby. You know what I'm saying? You're like a little sister. Like I feel like if we grew up together, I would fight you. You probably would. I, would I fought my brothers. Um, I fought the hell out of my sister. The people <laughs> for the past, uh, we weren't on last week, uh, took a week off. But this week, last week. <laughs> Are you this okay? Week, yeah, I am. A little too much uh, Some things that have happened last week. First, because I want to ask you guys about, I guess, the past two weekends. Colby, what you get into this past weekend? Did you do any Memorial Day weekend? Any Memorial Day vibes you got into? Any cookouts? Any any socialite events you went to? Did I? Um, I didn't do any social events. I haven't been to a cookout since I've been vegan. So I was hoping oh. I would get invited. So you're on a vegan journey right now. Um, yeah, it's a lifelong journey. So How been, long have you been vegan? I've been vegan for three months. Okay. Um, no, I've been vegan for two months. I've been pescatarian for um, three months. So okay. I was like transitioning 
into then, it. Yeah, transition yeah, into it. You can't do a cold turkey. <laughs> I yeah. did at first, but then um, I was about to pass out. So it's not, mm. it's not, you have to substitute yeah, your protein. Yeah. So then I did salmon for like two or three weeks until I finally got it down packed. And now you here. Now no question, because there is a distinct difference. So yeah. are you practicing vegan or are you fully vegan, which means you don't wear clothing of animals too? I haven't taken my clothing like that. Um, I pretty much feel like I wear the same thing. I kind of left materialism probably like four, five months ago. So mm-hmm. I haven't even shopped in a while. Okay. Um, yeah, I, well, I guess I'll take that into consideration the next time I go shopping for some clothes. Well, yeah, nah, because I, I talked to somebody. Mm-hmm. Remember when I went on, on the month going vegan? Yeah. And, I, and I was yeah, telling I people, like, that. we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm vegan for this month or whatever. And they were like, no, you're practicing vegan veganism because... To be a true vegan, you can't wear any clothing of animals and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I didn't even know that yeah, had anything that, that to do with it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Some, it's definitely yeah. some extremes. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of stuff that goes. It's a spectrum because it's like you have um, like regular people who eat like meat. And then yeah. people who don't eat meat. Then people who are pescatarian. Yeah. Then vegan. Then practicing vegan. Then right. your veganism. And then you got the whole right spectrum. Yeah. Vegetarian. They don't eat nothing unless it comes straight out of the ground. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to that man. So we obviously know you weren't at the cookout. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't at the cookout. Sierra, uh, did you do anything fun over this past week? I we sure did. To, what did you do over the weekend? I went back to my old stomping grounds. Oh lord! <laughs> I went to Green Street. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Lord, I went wow. to Green Street Friday. Um, oh, you know what? That's actually very interesting. Is that you it? say that. <laughs> so I went to Green Street on Friday with two of my friends. Yeah, I hadn't seen them in a while because she graduated and I didn't get to make it to her graduation. Situation. So we okay. kind of celebrated. Okay. okay. Went to Charlotte Saturday with some more friends. Charlotte. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, went, you went a whole lot of old stomping ground. Oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute. But you know what? I'm gonna let you cook. I really am. But, and then but, and then Sunday but I came. I'm gonna turn up off the mic though. And then I Sunday I came back yeah. and I had a photo shoot Sunday, which was amazing. Yeah. And okay. I went to Green Sheet on Sunday with my friend Tamara. Oh, so you did a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> two visits to Green Street two visits in a week. Yeah, it was weekend. fun. Okay, that's good. Hey, girl, live your best life. You single, right? Shout out. Hell shout yeah, out I'm single. Yeah, yeah, all right, bet. Shout out to that. Uh, Calvin Phillips, man, what you do over the weekend, bro? So, first of all, first ever cookout at, at Cal's Crib. I did, hey. it. I did it Monday. You know and what? You were busy. Was you so, on the grill? No, I was. You know, I was high key salty. First of all, you no, never. No, wait, 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 wait. I was high key salty because I talked to Cal. I was like, "Yo, when we do Memorial Day, he said, yo, I might cook out the crowd. I was like, "Yo, bet I'm gonna pull up," and I forgot. Are I you the type dead. of person to bring food to the cookout? Are you? I the, would. Are you? Are you practice full blown niggatry no, 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 and you bring no, 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 utensils? Nah, no, no, I will bring food. What do you bring? Do you cook it? No, 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 no. You just bring it. You just bring it. Put on the grill. If you go into the cookout, you don't need to cook. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to supply. Yeah, yeah. But um, let me tell y'all what I cooked. I had a yeah. full full course meal. And uh, I'm sorry, Kobe. I know you couldn't eat any of this <laughs> other than one part. You know? I made uh, I made buffalo chicken wings. Ooh. Hey, smacking. Sm- Delectable, okay? Uh, I had I had uh, turkey and Angus beef burgers. Okay. <laughs> with okay. cheese on top. They were oh, Angus beef. It was like that. I seen them. I seen the boomerang. Yeah, I was the, like, You seen yeah. the boomerang? Okay, Cal. Hey, Cole, you might be missing out, brother. I had some hot dogs. You don't miss the boomerang. Kobe looking at us like, nah, y'all niggas is dying. Y'all niggas gonna die. Y'all niggas is dying. Hey, listen. I had hot dogs and then I had got this, well, not really a recipe, but he told me this guy that I had met um this weekend he said yo 
what you should try is cut up some mushroom peppers onions and oh, uh yeah. sausage mm. mix them in you know my girl loves stuff right, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. mix yeah, them in yeah. put them on the grill bruh they were smackable smacking smackin'. I, I don't even like vegetables that much yeah but they were smacking Smack. They were smacking. Yeah. So yeah, we had a nice and she made mac and cheese. That's oh, she had up. the baked mac. That's you know what I'm up. saying? We we had a nice little It sounds good. Y'all, y'all were straight off the Jim Beam too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that the Jim Beam didn't even make it to Monday. So we oh, go I'm gonna talk about, about that on my gas yeah, up, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I was on Jose all weekend. You was on Jose. Oh, I'm pretty sure Green Street. Shout out to Ciroc. The only I was on Jose and Henny all weekend. Shout out to Ciroc the only way. Uh watermelon Ciroc the new flavor that's is right it good now. i don't um, like white liquor unless it's mixed drinks it's, but it's actually pretty smackable i ain't gonna lie that's the word of the week smackable uh the yeah <laughs> who, who deemed it so i think so i think <laughs> who deemed it so Sir uh but no the watermelon syrup man it was a really good vibe man yeah, I, it was, taste that. is it yeah, really yeah. sweet it no it's not you know what it's not sweet it has the right enough kick in it to be able to give you that vibe that you need. That's what, that's what I'm gonna say. Sure. So is it? Okay. Sure. You didn't answer my question. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you have it though. I, I, over the weekend, it was still. Uh, I moved over this past weekend, which is the large doing part two why we did record last weekend. But uh, I got in. So it's just a matter of just getting everything together because it's still. I mean, it's a mess. It's a it's a chaotic. And I got I got something for you in my car. Nice. A uh, housewarming gift? No, mm-hmm. the same thing I got oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. The money saver. Yeah, it's a, it, 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 it's it's getting together. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of doing that. I will say. Um, I also I went to a shout out to the homie Carly Mayhead. I went to a birthday party on Memorial Day, which would have been Monday. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Uh, super dope vibe, man. Downtown Greensboro. Great vibe, man. Great energy. Happy birthday, Carter, man. Um, super dope. It was dope. So, that's what's up? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I got into over the weekend. Um, anything that we missed, pop culture related news. There's a couple things we did. <laughs> a few albums. Uh, yeah, DJ Khaled. Yeah, DJ Khaled. Um, Kobe, have you listened to DJ Khaled's album? I have. You have. Any standout records? Anything you want to say in regards to the album at all? Just anything you want to say about it? Um, I love what Khaled did with John Legend and um, Nipsey uh, from Higher. Uh, so man. that was. Um, have you seen the video? I I waited up till twelve o'clock to watch it. Yeah, I me have, too. I had titles. I always had titles. Just want to say that. Like I've been supporting oh, so you Black owned business. Yeah. I so, I'm still um, music, but you know, I stayed shoot. up for that one. Um, the track with uh, Gunna and Lil Wayne. The throwback one, the fr- uh, freaking you. Um, yeah, the freaking you. Yeah, Calvin like, hit me up about that record. Like, that's hard. Yeah, Calvin <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, yeah, and I always gotta support my my Inglewood family and YG. Um, yeah, his album came out. So yeah, my brother. I love the SZA joint. YG four hundred. Join my SZA. I literally like. I'm I'm a big fan of Outkast. So that when I heard that, I was like, yeah. okay. You know, I'm not even gonna hold y'all, bro. I was not really the biggest fan of the Scissor record when I first heard it. I'm not when you first heard it. When I first heard it, now it's grown on me since. I think the reason why I really liked it is because her voice sounded really, really good on that. And I've seen a lot of her live performances on video where it didn't sound good. Yeah. And I know it's a, a you know it's a produced she had track, but no, but she had something wrong with her voice too. I thought. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we. Can like, I think she had like a like a condition. Um, control of her album is still uh will go down. Right, it, it's still like that. Oh, absolutely. I, I will I say this, and this is this is me. Uh, this is me just saying what how I feel. Yeah, I feel like Father of a Side was probably the best album DJ Khaled has put out to date, and it's and I think it's because of the way he used the samples and the people he put on the track because. Yeah. 
I'm still saying Lil Wayne the GOAT. I don't care. Okay, he got on what two, three tracks on this album? He was and, on three, I think. And yeah. did his damn thing. And then yeah. like the freaking you song, bro. I told you when I when I heard that song, Kobe, I had to hit tune. I was like, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this song yeah. is yeah. like that. It's you know like what I'm saying? I told them the week before. What did I tell y'all? Remember I said, I said, y'all are gonna yeah, when this Nipsey and John Legend record, I told y'all. I heard it, it in the video. Did he really play an angel in the video? I don't know if like the concept I, I, I of it was kind of like an angel was, watching. I don't know if that was the exact concept of it. Kind of like a bone thug is in harmony. Well, yeah, I, I think yeah. it just uh, in hindsight. What's the word I'm looking for? I, I I don't know. In hindsight, I guess is the best word. But yeah, shout out to Nipsey, the John Legend record. That's probably my favorite one off the. John album. Legend was perfect for that song. He my, was. my favorite one is is freaking you, <laughs> yeah. but I really do like the Nipsey song, and I think that it, even though Nipsey, you know, had passed away, like I feel like. Dang. I, I was anticipating the song. I was waiting for it. Yeah. And, and then when I heard it, yeah, when I yeah. heard it, I, was, I just felt like a calmness. I don't know. It was just kind of like, damn. It delivered. It delivered. I also want to say, I really like the Chris Brown record, the Jealous Joint. Oh, yeah. That's a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Chris that. Brown does, doesn't, yeah. doesn't fail on too many features. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, oh, Sean. Uh, oh, the oh, thank you, thank you. He oh, us. yeah, fire. He blessed yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. Big Sean himself. ain't blessed us like that since like 2000. And that's why yeah, look, I even yeah, tweeted yeah. the other day. I said, Big Sean, when you dropping another album, bro? Please. I'm a huge Big Sean fan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Big Sean, Sean. Sean be speaking, people don't be listening. It's alright. Shout out to that man. Um, Kobe also brought up the fact that YG did drop his album. Um, he gave a real emotional interview about the passing of Nipsey too the other day. Uh, y'all I'm big boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, check that out. Um, music wise, I think we're good. I think. Listen, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not. We're, we're not the podcast that's gonna stay on it too long. But listen, uh, it, the baby. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even about to say uh, that. I'm about to say Cam, something completely different. Cam, uh, what's his name? Cam Cam Harcold. Cam Cam Cohart. Cam Cohart. Listen, you brother. got knocked out, Cole. <laughs> nah, I heard. Listen, I heard brother. it was staged though. Listen, brother. What? Did you see that nose? <laughs> no, 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 no. But the thing is, and and I've been following Cam Cohart for a while now. But wait, before so you, we'll talk before, about before it. But go you ahead. Set it up. Before you set it go up, ahead. uh, I'm gonna get Sierra. What happened? What what happened with from people that don't Okay, know? so um they were in the Louis Vuitton store. Yeah. Spark and, Notes version. You know, yeah. Louis yeah, Vuitton Spark, store. Spark Note, you see yeah. a video and he's talking about the baby, you know, this this, this Cam Cohart is. Cam Cohart is calling, yeah. you know, the baby some very bad words. <laughs> yeah. And then next thing you know, you see them exchanging some words and yeah. the baby is just yeah. like, you know, buy your stuff, man. Just yeah. leave me alone, buy your stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you see Cam Cohart. You know, try to steal off on the baby, and then the next video when you swipe right, knock him out. <laughs> you see the baby Cole. recording solo, himself, solo, nigga. Yeah. recording himself, really, yeah. and his solo, solo huh? and yeah, the baby. he knocked yeah. him out his pants because yeah. <laughs> he had yeah. no pants on. Yeah, I like that. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Out. I'm gonna tell you. This. But I heard he, they said he got jumped. No, he, of course he, he got, got jumped. jumped. Yeah. The baby's it never. Matter, the, no, it, it does matter. No, it doesn't. The reason why it matters is because it'd be different if the baby was saying like, if he hadn't put that last video out talking about I knocked him out solo dolo. Like, don't front, bro. Like, I bro, know. Was he I listen. Though? Yes, was he bro. Him, bro. You can't jump somebody and then say yeah I did it by myself. And you know his man's is gonna stick up for him and not say nothing, but, but, which is wrong. Like, bro. But, I, but, I, but you know the security footage is probably going to leak in the next 
and, and I'm ready to see it. I'm right. ready to see when, it. I would like leaks, to see it. And when it leaks, it's probably going to show three or four other guys knocking Cam Cole hard out Cole, but it still don't matter. It does. Guess what? He started it. Guess what? You still got knocked but, out. But honestly, and, and this is the only thing I really wanted to say about this, I still rock with the baby, right? Regardless yeah. if he lying about that, the weed, whatever. Is he lying now? No, no, I, he is. He is. He is lying because he's not telling the truth. But <laughs> one thing I have learned from watching Cam Colehart's like rise to to niggatry is that he does expose the baby on a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't want to speak on in Charlotte now and that's the reason why they've never gotten along and only reason why I know that is because I started following Cam Colehart like when three four months him? ago yeah yeah because I was Cal like yo me about that I mean I, I seen this I seen this uh message and I seen him in Charlotte and I was like yo you know I think I uh, follow you or I've seen you on Instagram da 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 yeah it, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird, and I'm yeah. and I'm not no media guy, so he I did can't. get like over thirty thousand followers in over. Which the is whack in my eyes. I mean, but you knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, I know. You I know. he got he got but added by the shade. But the him after the fact that feel, I feel like are kind of a whack. That's a whack sentiment. I'm that's not. True. I'm gonna follow. Maybe nosy. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I think that's. I mean, look, Iggy Azalea. Slow. <laughs> I'm not even gonna speak on that. One. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak on that one. I don't even get myself incriminated. Disappointed. No comment. <laughs> what what is she doing? Porn now? No, her uh, news her got news, leaked. Her, her, her news got leaked. Uh, topless, uh, topless picture. Oh, I seen that. I thought. Oh, I thought somebody was saying that she was joining like a porn yeah. website. Mm-mm. You know, mm-hmm. people stretching it. You know, people do. Um, so listen, we we we've been we done kick the shits. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and start the uh, show off like we normally do. Uh, guess up? ups. Let's go ahead and get the guess <laughs> up. Uh, we're gonna start off with my man Kobe. Uh, Kobe, who you want to guess up, man? I want to guess up um, brand with Drew. Um, it's a great entrepreneur I know named Andrew who put on the second annual BYOB in Atlanta this past weekend. I had a lot of friends go down there who are aspiring uh, business owners, a lot of business owners. Yeah. My mentor went and they just said, I mean, Karen Civil topped it off this year. Karen was, Civil was at BYOB? She was there. She wow. spoke. She was on, and she was on the panel. Like her thing was like an exclusive on the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to wow, shout him out. That. Um, and he's he's just doing some amazing things within the industry. And um, it's awesome. Man, BYOB that's like, was at Copefest. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, at they, first thing yeah, they, Um, I think they came to both. They they vended. I think they vended at least one year. I remember. Dang, why yeah. do I not remember those guys? I don't know. We'll we'll talk off the mic mm-hmm. about that. Um, uh, Sierra Danielle, who you want to guess up? So I'm gassing up two lovely ladies. Um, <clears throat> the first one is. Zeta, um, Zilu at Zilu's Photography. Um, she actually did a photo shoot um, for me this weekend. It was amazing working with her. Very professional. Very. Um, she's just a really dope um, photographer to work with. And Crystal at Chris Styles with a Z one on Instagram. She was the stylist for the photo shoot, and she like that was an amazing experience to be styled by somebody who genuinely like like knew your body knew what to have you in to accentuate your curves and make sure your shape looked good and what you were wearing like it was great it was just a whole bunch of black girl magic and we rocked that photo shoot it was dope that's dope that's what's up man um i want to go ahead and guess up the homie gerard carmichael if you don't know who gerard carmichael is he had his own um sitcom on nbc I also want to guess on the fact that he's from North Carolina, but he did a short kind of documentary film styled on HBO that came out 30 minutes long where he kind of interviewed all the black women (laughs) in his life that were important to him. And it was like super dope conversations. It was like a podcast style 
conversation but on video um he interviewed like his little sister uh he interviewed his actual real sister he interviewed women within his life he actually did an interview with his mom that was like really uh open-hearted so i actually met gerard at a, the apple store when i was working out there and uh he came in real low-key when i saw him at the apple store he was like yo because i was like yo i was like the only person that realized who he was and he was like yo like like you know kind of hush me out yeah yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> Shout out to Gerard. If you don't know, if you have HBO Go, it's called Home Videos. All right, so go home, watch Home Videos. It's super, super dope, man. So, super dope. So, what? You ain't gonna let me gas up, dog? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I skip the, you? The disrespect. Wow. wow. And I whispered it to him. I was like, he skipped you. Yeah, wow, I was going to wait to see if you if you caught yourself, but you did. He didn't. He, was, he said one month, he ain't going to stop no show. He said the show must go on. I don't know. Enough. It doesn't matter. Enough for you not to do it. And then one time, you know what? He's Beyonce. One time, my mic wasn't even on for the first five minutes of the show. And he didn't even. Wow. Wow. My bad. And the thing is, my gas up might be the most important out of all of these. Okay. That's cool. Okay. It probably is, but I'm the one that's going to get you in the car to get to Atlanta. My bad. Okay. Or wherever. Cancun, wherever we going. My bad. My gas up goes to the best wedding I've been to ever in life. Larry and Taylor Neal. Now on, turn man. it up. Yeah, my brother up. and my sister got married this Sunday. That's where all the Jim Beam went. It did not leave did not, yep. that venue. It yep. was all gone by yep. the time we left. Yep. Um, nah, it was, it was a great wedding though. Like yeah. great vibes. Yeah. I, I got to see a lot of people. Like my boy Germ came from New York. Yeah, I like, saw Germ. Yeah. I was seeing people I wasn't seeing that often. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's, it was just really good vibes. The wedding was beautiful. I was yeah. actually a part of the wedding. I was the yeah. host with Courtney. Shout out to Courtney too. Um, just really, really good vibes. And then my second gas up because you didn't let me go is to my boy Dre. He had his first annual inaugural uh, Aaron J. White Foundation um, yeah. scholarship so. banquet. We were able to give out three one thousand dollars scholarships. And so it was dope. pretty dope, you know what I'm saying, doing that in honor of his brother. So yeah, shout out to them. That's dope, man. So shout out to Cal. Um, my bad. I, 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 I don't I skipped you. <laughs> the disrespect. Uh, we, Disrespectful. Listen, we do that every week. I know it was a little bit of a longer uh intro that we normally. But we've been have gone for a week, you we've know. We've been gone for a week, so we had to catch up. But um let's go ahead and get the car started. Let's crank it up. Sierra Danielle, ladies first. Ooh, ladies first, yeah. ladies first. What up everybody? It is your girl Sierra Danielle. If you are tuning in on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we thank you. You know, we everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So this week, um, since it is Mental Health Awareness Month, I really wanted to talk about a topic that I don't really feel like is is talked about enough. Um, you know, we're millennials. We're dating around. We're, we have girlfriends, fiancés. You know, now we're at the age where we have people have full-blown husbands and wives now. We're getting up there. Damn. So... <laughs> So my question to you guys is, is, is when it comes to mental health, when you're, how would you handle, or what do you think is a good way to handle someone or have you ever handled someone, um, who has had a mental health diagnosis, like not just, you know, they think they're sad or, you know, they've been through a rough patch, but has a, has a diagnosed mental disorder by a doctor and takes meds or goes to therapy or is, you know trying to function with this disability. Well, I yeah. want uh, Kobe to kick this one off for us for that, for, for the answer on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're going to let you, uh, we're gonna let you um, rock off on this one. 
Okay. Um. So I'm the person. I don't have to talk from the place of being with someone. Um. I haven't had that many relationships for one. Um. How many relationships have you had? Three. Three overall. How old are you? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay. So um. That gives perspective to the listeners. Oh, I mean, well, no, I can give more. Like high school, that. High school type love, then undergrad, undergrad. Yep, we know how that is. <laughs> yeah, we know how that was going. Yeah, oh, we know God. how that is. Toxic. Yep. Then the one I'm in now. Uh, I will speak to the point of saying it's a it's an adjustment for sure. The person I'm with now, I've been I've been with going on two years and a couple of months. Um, it is difficult because at the time that I first got with this individual, um, I was coming into my own new reality of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd already started taking the steps proactively of going to therapy, um, doing cognitive behavioral therapy as a, as a form of. Therapy. Did you self-diagnose yourself or did you? Are, did Prior you- to my relationship, yes, with sex and alcohol. But once I had gotten mm. to a relationship, it was now trying to figure out how to unplug and how to actually unlearn the toxic behaviors I had learned previously as a man. Mm. And also being able to tell what was the difference between just masculinity and then toxic masculinity. And how I was portraying that or projecting that on the individual that I was coming into a relationship with. So mm. to put that in perspective for the listeners, um, it's about being able to correct yourself. I'm big on policing ourselves. And I don't believe we do that enough as young people, as millennials, is calling ourselves out for our own stuff. Um, rather than waiting for somebody to call us out and make that correction. And that's where it gets kind of sticky in a relationship because you don't know when you're not... <laughs> Speaking with that individual and know exactly where they're coming from or where the issue or problem may solve, you could say, hey, like, don't blame this on mental health. When it very could be that that's triggering triggering that woman or that man in that relationship or when it could be sadness, which is temporary. So sadness is like a momentary thing. I drop my ice cream. I'm sad. Whereas depression is weeks long struggle. for some people, many years long. You know, it's a, it's a different beast. Calvin, speak on that for me, bro. Um. Have I personally had to deal like I don't think I've ever been in a relationship with somebody like that. Like, I think my current relationship has certain signs of things that she has talked to a doctor about, you know. But like in the past, I feel like I haven't personally been in a relationship where I've I've been with somebody who either knew about their mental or like their actually, you know, aware. mental. Yeah, their mental health. Wellness, excuse me. I was. It must have been bad. No, it was bad. But (laughs) I think that you know, had she gone about going and finding that stuff on her own, like like Kobe just said, you got to police yourself. If she would have been able to say, "Let me look at myself and see what's going on," and then get diagnosed by somebody else, because even with like anger, anger could be temporary. But like when you have a, a condition where you're angry all the time. That's something a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? So something that that's giving you long term effects. I feel like a lot of people that I I used to date or used to communicate with probably had stuff like that. And I'm not saying that it wasn't warranted in some shape yeah. or form, but there were there were things that kind of got out of control and it it probably has something to do with mm-hmm. the mental health with that individual. Um I do think I did have a friend though, um, that kind of dealt with depression and anxiety a lot Mm -hmm. um now i don't know if he specifically sought out help but he knew that's what was going on with him um i still don't know if he's gotten help you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying because that's something like 
It's a touchy subject a lot of times, but especially with millennials, I feel like. But well, we gotta have a conversation. Yeah, we, we gotta, gotta have, have a conversation. conversation. It's very tough, but and yeah. For me, um, I'm kind of I'm in the same mode with, with Kobe. He and I've had conversations about this before. Um, I was the one with the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like like you said, you know, I was in a college relationship yeah. that was toxic and it didn't help my yeah. mental health. And it wasn't until I got mm. out of that relationship where I actually went started going to counseling started really which is where i got my diagnosis and really started to unwind and unpack because i feel like a lot of college students because mental health in college atmospheres is real um and people like he said you know they use these things whether it be sex drugs alcohol to kind of like self-medicate and then it leads into these different relationships that you're with people who struggle with these things and it's gone so far like deeply rooted that they don't really know like it is a toxic situation right but for me it was it was always seen as oh you're just negative or you just had a bad day and you it'll be better tomorrow mm. or um you just need to cheer up and suck it up even in like like not even like yeah. romantic relationships but platonic and people don't understand like kobe was saying it's it's not just like he said, like, oh, I dropped my ice cream and I'm sad. Like depression is literally like it feels like a weight or a cloud is constantly mm-hmm. over you. So it's just a different type of beast, like he said. I think with me personally, to answer your question directly, you asked, have I ever dealt with it in a relationship like with my significant other? For my personal take on it, I don't believe that I have. No, that's not knowingly. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that. And and honestly, I, like Calvin was pointing out, trigger things that he may have witnessed in his previous relationship. I have not necessarily in my past relationships noticed any of that type of behavior. Just and again, I've only got two to reference and I'm in my third one currently. And so I don't necessarily have uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, a sample yeah, size? Yeah, like I don't I don't have a huge sample size in that. What I will say, because I got two questions here. One, because I want to continue on one point. Would ADHD be considered a mental health disorder from the mental health people in the room? Mr. Colby. I can speak because I've been di- I was diagnosed with mental um, with ADHD when I was seven. Yeah. For me, it is. It okay. definitely is. Um, I took medicine for it. So short version, started off with 10 milligrams. They moved me up to 15 milligrams. After 15 milligrams, they moved me to 20. After 20, they wanted me to move up to 25. Mm. That's when my mom was like, What you age know, were you when you were 20? Was it still I was probably like seven to like seven? Uh, seven to like uh, uh, third grade. So, what you in third grade, like nine, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, like so, up to yeah, that point. Yeah. And then my mom was like, For one, I'm not going to keep paying for this medicine. Fact. And then two, I'm going to come up to school every day yeah. until you get it together. But then my mom, she taught me how to pray. But later in life, I realized what she was really teaching me was her version of meditation, mm. but meditation without music and everything else. But her version was just praying to God. So I, I bring that up to say that I think and, you know, she may kill me and strangle me for talking about it on this podcast. But I feel like my current girlfriend may have uh, ADHD. Like right? You can't focus. Yeah, like the fo- mm-hmm. like the focus ain't. It's, I can it's see not, that. Like the attention span of a goldfish. Yeah, yeah, it, but it, and it's so crazy because I can see, like I can see it in our conversations. Like, and it's much more like, deep, and it's much, I, and it's more deeper than people I, think too. Like you, you yeah, can't concentrate. You bro, can't. It's like you start one thing, and you have to start yeah, another thing. And, and it's almost like, like yo, thing. like don't. If you come at my girl, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that like when I have conversations, I can see it in the way that we communicate 
how it can go in a variety of different places. So right. if I, I do see that have effects within our relationship, uh-huh. um, you know, I feel like I address it to the point in which I need to address it. I'm not going to overkill it, mm-hmm. um, but I do address it. One of the things I wrote down here is we talked about college relationships. And when Kobe brought it up, I was like, oh, we all know how that goes. You brought up the same thing. Why is it? This may be a very dumb, you know, question Mm -hmm. that we know the answer to. But why is it that college relationships seem to take on such toxicity? Can can I go first? Uh, uh, Yeah, go ahead. One thing I was going to say is the the freedom of choice in college. So think about it. Like Mm -hmm. if you're if you're in high school, you're more than likely going to be living with your parents under one roof. Right. Not being able to have that constant communication or constant physical interactions with individuals. When you get to college, it's more like an open book. Like you literally can do what you want as you want when you want. Right. Yeah. There are certain restrictions to things that you can do, but it's nothing like it was when you were in school prior to. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that gives you more of an edge to do things outside of what you normally would do. Mm -hmm. But it also gives you an edge on how you think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I'm so glad I came to college. Right. And I got my degree because when I came to college, my mind opened up more. Mm -hmm. Right. But also a whole bunch of other stuff opened up more too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that even with mental health and mental wellness, like you are it when you're at home and you're in the comfort of your own home with your parents, whether it be just your mom or your dad or both of them and your sisters and brothers or whatever, when you get to college and you're on your own, mm-hmm. essentially, right? It it could be mind boggling for you mentally because you don't know how to adjust initially and then Mm -hmm. you find other things to cope with Mm -hmm. right i remember for the longest like when i was my first year in college i used to smoke all the time Mm -hmm. right i smoked all the damn time and i and i knew i smoked a lot in high school but i smoked way more probably that first year in college and then Mm -hmm. i realized like yo i cannot be smoking in college this is illegal i might get kicked out of school right yeah but then what else did i do i started drinking i figured out a different way to cope with whatever i was coping with right And it, and it might have been something minute yeah. or it could have been something really, really big. But I didn't have that conversation with anybody else other than myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to figure out balances and checks and balances within myself to make sure that I wasn't doing things out, out of what I should be doing, you know. And yeah. I think it's just because college is just so open and free to, for you to feel and do as you want. I think that's why it's a lot of toxic relationships mm-hmm. because you're like, damn, well, I mean, if I if I'm not with this person, I got to start over. You know, yeah. like you think about all that stuff in college. Uh-huh. I feel like for me, the reason why a lot of toxic relationships are in college is because a lot of the long term ones, they start, if not high school, they start in the beginning of college. But I feel like when you're in that stage of your life, you're adapting and you're growing at such a fast pace, like from freshman year to sophomore year, from junior year to senior year, I was not the same person every year. So I feel like people get stuck with these people and if either they're the same person and you're growing or the other way around, they're growing and you're not, (laughs) or y'all are just growing apart and you're fighting to Mm -hmm, try to make mm -hmm, it work mm -hmm. or you guys are both stagnant. Yeah, So I feel like you, with all that change and with all these new experiences comes friction and people don't, they, I feel like a lot of people don't have, especially when you're in college, I feel like it's rare to find people that genuinely not only know and want like know how to recognize when a relationship like when you're you are growing apart or when you are you know yeah and i think it's another thing to realize that and you can actually try to work past it 
But I feel like a lot of people in college don't want to. They don't want to go through that because they're like, I'm young. I'm going to do what I want to do. Kobe, let me ask you this. Um, since the topic that we're on, how are you currently dealing with your relationship right now with the diagnosis that you currently have? Um, and have you self-diagnosed? Have you actually got clinical diagnostics? Like, what's what's your status and how do you deal with that currently in your relationship? So, um, I've been through now three therapists. Um, I actually have a therapist who's a mentor now, so our conversations are very therapeutic, but he doesn't. we have not signed a contract or a non-disclosure or anything like that. Right. Um, so, bipolar disorder came about as a misdiagnosis from my second therapist that I had when I was at A&T, which is no knock to him. He was awesome. But, um... He, he diagnosed he, you as bipolar and you he were said found it. out that you I weren't. took a test. Yeah. And he said on the spectrum, it was mm. something more than just depression. Mm-hmm. And on the spectrum, it looked like um, bipolar disorder. So then I went and took some of the extra tests on my own. Like actually researching and saying, hey, if this is something that you want to pursue, you're going to need insurance. If not, it's going to be about $2,200. If, if I went through a psychologist, it's whatever. Very, it's very, it's very, expensive. very expensive yeah. to get the paper yeah. Diagnosis. So in college, I went and took some extra tests that were online on legitimate websites or whatever, and they all were saying bipolar disorder. Yeah. When I actually had money enough to do it, when I got corporate after college, that's when I started with another therapist in Charlotte. And once I started unpacking and doing different things, when I started across this particular therapist, he was like, "Hey, I can send you to a psychologist. They can give you a diagnosis on what you are at this point." you already know mm. and recognize because bipolar disorder is a chemical imbalance in the brain and there are some specific things, I mean, personal, but there are some specific things you just know that that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to sit with myself and just be like, boom, I can go pay somebody that, how transparent can I be on here? Somebody who doesn't look like me to tell me what I already no, know. I, yeah. yeah, yeah somebody yeah. who doesn't look like me to, to tell me, pay them $2,200, $1,500, or whatever. For yeah. those that don't get it. To tell me what I already know. And my therapist, who was a blessing at the time, he was awesome for me. He was like, rather than you go get a sheet of paper, let's already work on what we know you have and then teach you how to work, mm. teach you these practices that you need when you're experiencing mania to help with that. So Because with that, I told him I, I didn't want to go on medication. So with having all of that background, how is that currently affecting your relationship and how you move with your current girlfriend? It's an ongoing battle. It definitely is. And I'm on live, so I got to be transparent. Um, yeah. It's new for her because she's never experienced it before in this area. Um, cause Do you it, know how many relationships she's had before you? One. Okay. Like non-platonic, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, But it's it's a lot to put on somebody because it's not – my story is a little bit different than most people. Yeah. My – the lane I'm in now from where I used to be, like I said, I was talking about toxic masculinity and sleeping with an unknown amount of women. It's a lot different, that story, yeah. than changing the whole narrative of my life to where I am now. But what I'm saying for the relationship is you bring some type of baggage to every relationship that you're in, no matter what. You can try to unpack it as much as possible as you're going to bring something. But for me to come to this point and then want to experience black love at its highest pinnacle. Which we're going to talk about later right. on, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to, about that later on. To want to experience that at its highest <laughs> pinnacle and then saying, hey, I got molested by a man when I was seven. I got molested by four. Wow, that's your story? I haven't finished. I got molested by a man when I was seven. Older cousin. The same cousin let four older women molest me when I was 13. That's crazy. I witnessed my first homicide and trauma when I was 15. I attempted suicide for the first time when I was 16. 
I attempted suicide for the last time, praise God, when I was 21. So to come down to a Bro, relationship. that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Like, you can check yeah. some balances. Yeah. But to come to a relationship and say, hey, this is this is my past. And on top of that, I lost count of women I had been with by the time I was 17. So this is this is what I have. I've taken a year to work on myself. And it may not be enough yet for a relationship, but I think I'm ready to try to learn how to love someone else. But by the way, hey, I'm just now starting to try to love myself. There, there, there's a lot to unpack with what Kobe just said. Because yeah. there was, because yeah, the amount of yeah, courage yeah. and the yeah. amount of strength to be that transparent. Yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack right there. I want to go back to Calvin and Sierra real quick because I want you guys to kind of it, the, digest a little bit about what we've said so far as for mental health. Me personally, before you guys go, mm-hmm. I feel like I listen the very elementary scale as far as where I'm at in regards to understanding my own mental health, right? Because everybody has one, as Kobe mentioned before. Right, right, exactly. It's like, what exactly... And I told y'all back on the podcast when I went to go see my therapist for the first time, which was back in 2018, right? And I only went for one time, and I can honestly say here on the podcast, I haven't gone back since the first time. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't a reoccurring thing. I wish I would have. Because it's actually good. You don't have to have something, you know... Right. It's good to have a therapist. We talk about here on the podcast how it's very therapeutic when we come on here and we have our discussions. So that's, that's our weekly... You know what I'm saying? Get it off our chest, essentially. Right. Uh, but in regards to the relationship, like, listen, man, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. As mature as I feel like I am um, within my own relationship, I feel like I would be very immature if I had to deal with something like that, 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 yeah. that, that was that deep. So I commend someone like Kobe's girlfriend or anybody else that may be dealing with something that is because I personally don't feel like I mean, if it was uh, placed upon me, maybe. Mm-hmm. But right now, just not even being in it, I, I have don't a think question I would. for you, Kobe. Have you ever dated someone else with a diagnosis? To my knowledge, no. Um, I did. That they openly came out and said to you, right? Or mm-hmm. it had so, even if they didn't have like a clinical diagnosis, like they were kind of like in the same boat you were, like you knew. That you had bipolar disorder. You know, it's some when you know it's something different going on. Yeah, like you knew that yeah. your mental health was not healthy. Um, yeah, definitely in the second one, and we both went to a therapist four times. Mm. How was that? Mm. Like, was it more so? Dang, this is real. Um, it was. I love this because I didn't think we were going here. It was different because I felt like uh, at the same time I was healing. I felt like I was healing someone else, but at the same time they like, were killing me. Yeah. Who, um, who chose to go to... I did. You chose to go to therapy. Because at that point, I was fresh off of attending suicide myself. And then I wanted this person to go with me. But as I was in the, those therapy sessions and group counseling is a lot different, it was so much to unpack just on my side. And then this person had their own stuff going on to start mm-hmm. unpacking. It became unhealthy for that particular therapist who was already my therapist. He had to legally remove himself from that situation. So it was, like I said, it was... um. It was explosive. <clears throat> you 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 were in that situation. Uh, you, you attempted suicide. What this previous time you were just talking about? What age were you? Twenty one, two thousand sixteen, September. September. What does that look like for the like? I mean, just as far as like a. How did I try to do it? I mean, like, cause, cause, I mean, and I mean that, yeah, 
Like, what does that look <laughs> like? It's cool, yeah. bro. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about it. Like, yeah. I mean, some people. I didn't have a gun at the time. I wasn't a yeah. gun owner. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a dirty gun either. So, yeah. um, I did call a cousin to try to get an iron. Um, Dang, from great. him, he stayed in like. I haven't been in Greensboro in a while. The one that's over there by Sebastian. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't just going to get, like, my family members, no, nobody was going to give me one. So I was like, dang, I did, I felt helpless. Because yeah. it's like I can't even do this the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had some, in that particular space, I had some, I had some pills. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that was going to be the route that I chose and drive. So when you did that, once you like were on that when you were in that moment Space. what was the what was the what was the stopping point what, what why are you here? what why, why were you here why are you here with us today dominique jackson uh, i think she on my story too um so i called like all my friends and nobody had answered the phone i think it was wednesday too i can always tell i know what dominique jackson yeah that might be but she in charlotte now oh, okay. okay but um I think it was the zone Wednesday that night. That's why nobody was answering the phone. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. So shit. everybody was out. Everybody was at the zone. That's everybody crazy. Everybody was out and was answering the phone. So I called a couple of my boys. And I think they knew something was going on with me. But I've always been like the strong. I've, I'm the person that to this day. You're the go-to guy. I'm the go-to yeah, yeah, guy. You're the call go-to guy. Because yeah, I'm the yeah, most yeah. emotional. You're a strong friend. Yeah, 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 I'm the strong friend. But who does the go-to guy go to? They suffer in silence. So that I called. Nobody yeah. answered the phone. And she actually ended up answering the phone. And at the time, she was my best friend's girlfriend, which is the dynamic is crazy. And um, she's the one who got me out the bathtub. And that Dang. next morning, I woke up, and then I went to I went straight to counseling services on campus. And your existing girlfriend knows about this ordeal. She's she's heard this conversation. Well, yeah, we personally, you know, in for, of course in further detail. Yeah. But then, right, the hashtag had blown up, so the story was already kind of like mm. I had started a hashtag. Did to, you go viral at one point? To some extent, multiple. Well, the first time was um, the Trust Your Journey hashtag. Yeah. Um, so that video was like 25K. Then, like, the second time was when I got the articles of incorporation for my nonprofit. That was like 50K on Facebook. And everything since then has been like just, just shares on videos, just talking yeah. about mental health and then TV interviews and stuff like that. But I, I always say that stuff that, like, to anybody listening, that stuff does not matter. Like, mm-hmm. the the greatest thing I feel like I get is just being a real person. The, the DMs I get now, emails that I get from people who have a diagnosis and had to pay that bread yeah. to pay to pay the 1500 or whatever to get a misdiagnosis, to go to another psychotherapist, to get another diagnosis, yeah. and then everybody running it up on you the whole time. Like, that's why it's so important that's why it's so important I feel like to have people diagnosing you and working with you that looks like you like Mm -hmm. when I was in undergrad uh, I went to counseling and my first counselor was a white woman yeah I did not like it real quick too the the counseling that y'all because everybody in the room went to UNCG correct no 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 Kobe went to ANC y'all went to you went to UNCG right (laughs) here you were in the counseling center Mm mm-hmm Okay, because for full disclosure, my mom is a uh, psychologist at UNCG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so probably a lot of the women in that you are speaking with, I've had like probably personal conversations with. Off the mind. So I just want to I want to put that on record for anybody want to pull up some whatever, whatever, whatever. But okay, yeah, so like um, the first counseling center, I, the first counselor I had was a white woman. And 
I didn't really take into account how important it was to me to have someone talk to me that looked like me. Yeah. Um, and so this, when I first went, it was just like, this is strong. You've held a lot of, and you haven't talked to anybody about some things. And it's a big step for you to even seek counseling regarding yeah. your mental health. Um, because I have a kind of a similar story to Kobe, like suicide, like thinking and planning out your own death. Mm -hmm. So it's just like when I had to come to counseling and come to terms with that and really talk to her about that, it was certain things that I just feel like there was a disconnect that she couldn't, you know, so I stopped going. Yeah. And then I didn't go back again until my mental health started to decline even more. And then I had a woman that was Indian and I was, it was, it was just no connection. Yeah. And then I didn't go back to counseling for a long time. I tried to, you know, meditate. I tried to, you know, do a lot of different things, you know, with self care, but doing all of that things, doing all of those things means nothing. If you're not really dealing with the trauma, dealing with, what you learned from that trauma, yeah. everything that's in it. You can it's like you're trying to paint, dip an onion in caramel and call it a candy apple. Like it's not the same thing. Yeah. And so when I went to counseling last year, mm -hmm. um, I went last fall and I had a, a black woman as a counselor. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. What's so funny is I think I know who your counselor was because I felt like me and you went to the same therapist. And I'll talk about that off the mic. Like the black woman? Yeah. I she was in Durham though. I feel like we'll talk about it off the mic, but I feel like we talked to the same therapist. But yeah, go ahead. Can I add something to that? Yeah. yeah. I want to say this. So I don't want anybody to, to take take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but that was what worked for me. You have to have, you have to find a therapist that. that works for you. For me personally, I didn't want the title. I didn't want to take on the title of bipolar disorder. So when my th and my therapist knew that as well and at the state that I was when I came to him and sat on his couch, he was more so, He, I loved him. He was great. He was more proactive and let's go ahead and start finding solutions because I was in a state where I was already experiencing yeah. symptoms of what is called mania. So at that point, it was more like, okay, let's, let's, let's figure out how to address this. But Kobe, how do you want to go about it? So for me in that space, it wasn't about paying X amount of dollars or whatever. It was more so how can I fix what I'm doing now? How can I make the correct changes to stay away from my triggers mm -hmm. to be able to like stay away from that? hundred uh, percent. If you need to go on medication, I think Please. you should go on medication. If you need a diagnosis, if your family is saying that you need a diagnosis and they're going to help pay for it and you have um, EAP, employee assistance program, whatever the case may be from your employer, I think you should definitely go and get a diagnosis. But therapy doesn't look the same for everybody. Yeah. So for me at that point in the stage that I was, that was something I didn't pursue further. I just took it for, hey, Kobe, this is what you have, but let's 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 make this work. Yeah. Like that was what it was for me because <clears throat> at so, that time I would have been crushed. So I want to go to Calvin real quick uh, because I want to see. Uh, get, well, we're, we're talking um, a lot on this topic, which is completely fine because it's important. Uh, to the original question, if your existing girlfriend right now mm -hmm. were to come out and indicate to you that there was some mental health issue that she had. Right. Uh, whether that may be she came into you and said, hey, I'm dealing with hella depression because of X, Y, Z, and I feel like I'm going to kill myself, and ex whatever the case may be. Wh proactively right now, because you don't know how you would genuinely act. You don't know. No, but I mean. Based, but off of what, based off of what you think you would do, 
How do you think you would handle that situation? I mean, I know I would definitely be 100% supportive of whatever she decides to do in a, in a healthy manner, right? Like, if she says, I think I need to get a therapist or I think I need to get checked out, I would definitely be like, let's do it. You know, yeah. I, I know stuff like that costs. But, I mean, I think when it comes to mental health, especially knowing, like, I've had people in my life who have attempted suicide and stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. I take that stuff kind of seriously when people start talking about like their mental health, because I think initially when I came to school, I, coming out of high school, knowing me, I didn't know mental health was a thing. Mm-hmm. And even like even now, I personally haven't had many negative effects on my mental health. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't still have to take care of my own mental health. Right. Right. So. If if that was to happen in my relationship, like I said, I'd definitely be supportive. Um, I wouldn't want her to try to self-diagnose too much because I know I know my girlfriend, right, and I know how she can be. So I would want her to to find somebody that she can confide into or confide in to find out what the actual issue is, yeah. and then after that, like Kobe did, do some research on your own. You know what I'm saying? Just don't start looking up Google stuff. It's kind of like. You, you, you get a cold and you just get on Google and, and you just like yeah it'll it'll scare you right I would much rather I much rather say okay listen at the point we are in in our relationship in our life I want you to go see somebody first I'll go with you you know what I'm saying we can have this conversation together and then once they kind of get on the right track then let's do some research on our own and if we feel like we need to get back on that track to to get more information I'm definitely with like I feel like. Your mental health is always going to be important to you, right? And I think that one way that I kind of worked on my personal mental health was doing things that I love to do. Like, I remember at one point in time, I was doing all work. I think you remember this. Like, yeah, I, I remember had that conversation. I sold my PS4. Right. I stopped, like, doing fun things. I just was like, yo, business, 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 right? Yeah. And... I didn't understand that initially it was hurting my mental health. It was like, damn, I'm not hanging out with friends. Man. I'm not being around people. Like, I'm a very social, you ain't never big had a break social butterfly. You, yeah. Right. It, it took my friend E. She said, yo, Cal, like, you got to take a break. Like, you got to be able to take a moment and just, like, seize your happiness at a, at a current moment. And like I said, I don't think it was on some, like, I needed to go to a therapist, but I needed to hear that. You know what I'm saying? And I think everybody's therapy is different. Like now my therapy is this podcast or it might be, I might go to the gym. Like everybody's therapy may be different. Self-care looks different for everybody. It is different. So, and I think that for instance, with my girl, like I, if she feels like the therapy sessions would be good for her and that's what she wants to do. I'm like, yo, I'm all for it. Um, of course, you know, I don't think all teachers will, you have to apply to get the health insurance thing. Yeah. And I think she missed that that part that when she was in yeah, the enrollment yeah. period. But I told her, I was like, listen, you, you about to go back to school. You'll have your health insurance. Definitely. I mean, utilize that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of people don't utilize the resources we have in front of us. And it might be because people don't, we don't guide each other in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because me coming out of high school, no, I'm not going to guide people to go spend money at the health center because you, you because in my eyes... I, you just upset, like get over it, right? Right. But it's not. It's not just that simple. Now that I'm looking at it, you know, looking back at it, hindsight being 2020. That stage that Calvin was talking about, and then we'll get off ladies first. Is the whole let me work, 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 
you know what I mean? And not really having an understanding of what that compromises to my own personal and mental mm-hmm. health. Like work-life balance. Yeah. I, Yo, it, I, I dealt with a very, uh, a, a very significant part of that at the top of the year in 2019 where, listen, man, I... I, I I don't want to dive d- too deep into the hours that I was doing because I felt like that's kind of like like I don't know I don't how you do were it. functioning. Yeah, it it was a very it, not difficult, but it was it was very taxing, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like the taxing on myself was for the overall like bigger goal to what and I, I feel ultimately like, I feel like millennials do that a lot though. Like we're so like. I'm a grind. I'm a grind now, and I'm a I'm a work. I'm a play. I'm a pay now, so I can play later. I'm a pay now, so yeah. I can play later. But we have to understand that we have to take care of our bodies, whether it's our mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, everything. Because for somebody if that that's has, not taken care of, there will be no. For somebody future. that has the mental like I do, when I have a weekend, Kobe, Sierra, Calvin, where I'm not doing something that I feel like is moving towards the goal, I feel like I'm slacking. Right, I just had this conversation. Right. I just had this conversation like we don't know with how to my sit girlfriend, still. where it's like, yo, if I'm chilling, if I watch two episodes of something that are an hour piece on Netflix, I feel like I just wasted two hours of my life. But why or sit do in I, the bed and do nothing for right? two hours. <laughs> but why do I feel that way? And the regular person that's not necessarily out here trying to be an entrepreneur. That can sit in the bed early Sunday morning and spend two hours and not feel like they're not wasting time, right? Because I feel like, I personally feel like I have no choice. I have to be, like, I feel you like... You have to be on the go every time. Be, purpose. Bro, like, I feel like I can't, I, like, I feel like I can't afford it, but I see the detriments that it comes to with the relationships that I have, which is why it's like, damn, I need to slow down, but when I slow down and try to take care of it, I feel like I'm slowing down towards the and goal and, and the mission. And, then you're, and you're getting left behind and, and or then, something. Yeah, it's not, not even like, not even left behind, but you're getting backed up. Like you're getting, yeah, you're, you're missing out, and you gotta catch up. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta keep running out. That I, I think that's a mental thing that I gotta work on within myself. Yeah, um, I mean, it takes. I feel, I feel like all of that takes time. Like, like I said, I've been, I've been doing quote marketing. This will be year three. Yeah. So that first year. I'm, I was definitely struggling with that, like trying to figure out yeah. what, you know, what my purpose is, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, and now looking back at it, like I, I, Keith came in the last episode we had, right? We did. Yeah. And we had, yeah, we, we had a small conversation with Keith after the the whole podcast was over. And he said, yo, Kyle, you really just got to look at what's good going on in life right now. Cause I, I, I just felt at that day. I just felt overwhelmed. We I had did. so much. We came in here. We yeah, that day. I just like, had Whoa. so much going on, and it's like, yo, sometimes you really got to sit back and think of the simple things. What you, Shout out to Tamane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And Kobe, I want your two cents on this too, man. Because again, we're on ladies first, and I, again, ladies first might be the entire podcast for today. But what we what we want to go into is like. I, really sitting down and being stagnant and being um, appreciative of the mental health. Like people sitting down and listening to this podcast right mm-hmm. now, whether you're at whether you're at, on the way to work or you're in wherever, this is some form of therapeuticness to them that people yeah, may be experiencing. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. we might be a light to somebody right now. Mm-hmm. I have a, another question for you, Kobe. Um, what was your family support system like? when you were struggling all those years 
you know, before you got your diagnosis, like when you before you got to the Kobe that was like, okay, something's wrong. I need mm-hmm. to figure this out. You know, when you were in your mess, when you was, you know, self-medicating and then progressing into trying to figure out what was wrong. What was your family support system like? I don't want to say that it wasn't present. Mm-hmm. I would say. You can only address what you recognize as a problem if it's presented to you as a problem. I my life in my life have always um I'm a good I'm a good liar actually. Um especially when it comes to my own mess. So I can fake I've been a party host, I've been a promoter. Mm-hmm. An hour before an event, it's lit. There's nobody in the building. But in two hours, if I promote it right, this whole building going to be full. Mm-hmm. So I know how to sell the dream, so to speak. So I feel like I sell the dream to myself. And I lied to myself a lot. And I didn't express that to my family mm-hmm. up to the point that I couldn't no more. So that conversation was a very intimate conversation with my sister, who didn't relate that to my mother that, hey, this is what happened to Kobe. This is what's happening to Kobe up at school. I have older parents too. My parents are 64. My sister is 32. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. We're kind of distant in many ways of that dynamic, so I will I'm say in the same boat. I wouldn't say that that I didn't share that so much with my family because I thought that I could handle myself in a mm-hmm. nutshell. And see, for me, it was different. I didn't share with my family because I didn't feel like I would have the support. So, like when I came out to my dad and was just like, "You know what, Dad? Like I really have been battling this thing for so long." Because I had my mm-hmm. first panic attack when I was young, and um my parents thought I was joking. Like they didn't really, you know, take it into account. And I would have these panic attacks periodically, like every year would be a really bad when I'd have to go to the hospital or I have to, you know, and that's when I actually went to a doctor and got my diagnosis. But as I got older and I actually talked to my dad about it, my dad was just like the whole sadness, depression thing. Like he was like, you're just sad. Like you have, you know, you don't have anything to be depressed about. You have food, you have a roof over your head. And I, I had to really express to my father, like your mental health is not, a reflection of your physical circumstance. Yeah. You can be happy. You can ha- you can have everything someone else would want. Yeah. A re- happy relationship, a good job, a car, everything, and still be depressed or still be suicidal mm. or still be mm. schizophrenic or still be bipolar. Like it doesn't have a set scenario or lifestyle right. circumstance. But when I first told my mom, my mom was kind of like, eh. But my mom has actually over the past few years like, she's become like my biggest supporter. Like there have been days when I lived in Greensboro on my own, I would have a bad day. Like, you know what, mom, I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. And mm-hmm. she'd come spend the weekend with me or she'd actually take the time to um, look up remedies or look up things that help with, you know, relaxing and relaxation. Um, and especially last year, like it's been over a little bit over a year since my last mental health episode, April 30th, 2018. And so when I had that one, you know, talking to my mom about it, like she dropped everything. I was, was it, like, we was on the podcast during that time. Yeah, we were. Mm. Yeah, we were. Mm. Can I say too? Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna ask something. Go ahead. I'll, I'll ask that. I was just gonna say too, like for anybody that's listening on live or whatever, it's also generational as well. Oh like, yes, I have three cousins that have schizophrenia. So if you're familiar with schizophrenia, if you ever seen it in person. When somebody is not on their medicine, bro, that's on. A, it's on there's two, there's so it's many another, it's another level. Yeah, I, so, I don't think I've ever witnessed it. At least been. There's paranoid schizophrenia, and then there's uh, 
is paranoid, and then there's another type of schizophrenia. Yeah, I have, and I have a cousin who's in, you know, what I'm saying the jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm talking about first and second cousin. Um, but what I will say is, when it comes to those different stigmas and stuff, and when it relates to family, that's why I'm so big on advocating for the education within the African American community because we, again, if we don't look at it as being issues and problems or um, you can even look in the black church. We don't even have time to break that down. Oof. But yeah. if you look at the food, you know what I'm saying, of somebody uh, eating disorder, an uh, eating disorder is just as much a disorder as it is mental. as any other mental health. So there's so many different things that can be broken down, but we have to begin to be about solutions. Like what is that? What I can tell you one of the biggest things that I've seen that, that bothers me to a degree. I don't get bothered much, but I started my nonprofit organization in 2017. At that time, Mental health was starting to get popularized. I was gonna talk about and that. Then, yeah. And then you gotta navigate that. between the people who Doing are it advocating they... and working not from a, a space and a capacity that feeds their ego, but from a selflessness of the mission first, and then your brand and your organization second. You don't really see that on the just the pure advocacy side. But now, like me being two years into being a business owner, and like really now all the hype is gone. Mm-hmm. All the people are gone. Like it's. It's your board members and it's you. Mm-hmm. College is gone. It's not a popular program. Nobody's Calvin talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say Calvin can attest to this. It's, and, you know, it's crazy that you say that because that's exactly what I was going to bring up is the 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 how mental healthness is or mental wellness, excuse me, and mental health is being monetized, too, because mm-hmm. there was a point in time where I was working with an individual and they wanted me to do something specifically for mental health right me being the person i was at that time i could have monetized off of it but i told them no because that's not my my path right Mm -hmm. i i definitely will will aid you in the helping that you may need but i didn't want to monetize it in a way where it would be like what you said kobe where i would monetize it now and then next year i would i wouldn't even be attached to that organization right and i felt like I didn't want to put myself in a position where I'm monetizing off of something negative, right? Mm-hmm. Because I could do the same thing with Cope Fest. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this for children, right? And, well, we're having the festival for children, but I could monetize it where I'm just like, oh, well, we can just keep all these, like, donations, donations. I'm getting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't have yeah. to give it back to the school. But yeah. when you choose something that you know you want to do for the right reasons, it's going to come out with a fruitful outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Always. I think the, the struggle that I... I have had, you know, learning more and I'm still learning about mental health yeah. is that I think that sometimes we also self-diagnose too early within our, our, our community. And I think that's something more that I have to educate myself on, too. But I remember um, I remember uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, I, I, I know I got anxiety. Right. And I'm not saying you don't. But I think that there's something more than you just saying mm-hmm. stuff like that. You you need to put some work behind knowing. knowing what you're trying to self-diagnose yourself with mm-hmm. because if you're saying you have anxiety and now i have to i have to personally be cognizant of that mm-hmm. and so if i'm trying to make sure that i don't make you uh like a trigger, into, uh, a trigger right mm-hmm. I, you you never really know and i feel like until more people get educated about the things that they're saying because mm-hmm. I, I see it all the time on twitter and instagram i'm so depressed today and you could you very well could be but I don't want people to be using it in the wrong as a, they're, ways. They're you know what I'm saying? It, they're like throwing as a it crutch. around as a, not even a crutch, but or I feel crutch, like yeah. they 
they just throw those terms out there and they don't really know what they mean. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. I couldn't go to that party. Oh, where there's a person out there that's genuinely depressed and could barely get out of bed this morning because they felt so bad. And by bad. you saying that, it could be triggering to someone else. And that's another so. thing, like figuring out what your figuring out what your triggers are. Like when when with me with my anxiety, I had to realize there are certain environments that I cannot go to. There are certain people that I cannot be around. There are certain things that I cannot watch. There are certain things that I just cannot put myself around, or else it could trigger a panic attack. Or it could trigger me to go down that road of depressed, being depressed. Mm-hmm. Like I've had to detach myself from numerous people, even people I was in a relationship with, because you were no good for my mental health at all. And then on top of that, back to the family thing, my, it, it, I resented my parents for so long because I felt like they didn't support me in the way that I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. But going to therapy made me realize that my parents, more so my mother, saw a mirror in me. Like, mm-hmm. the reason why it was so hard for her to support my mental health is because she hadn't even come to acknowledge her own. Like, she mm-hmm. was in denial. And so, <laughs> like, she was in denial. And that's when, when Colby said it was generational. That's very true. Yeah. Our parents could be struggling with mental health. And it's like, how can I help my daughter talk about her depression when I haven't even really talked about my own? And I've been suffering in silence for years because for I have years. to put that depression on my back to be a mom or a wife or work or a provider. So it's like it took a while. So me and my mom have kind of been on this journey together, which is a beautiful thing. A couple of things I want to address. Uh, the first thing is the monetization of mental health. I agree with both. I think everybody made the point where there it was a trend to yeah. to 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 be to have some form of of mental health. It became a popular thing. So example, i.e. Kanye West, who comes out and makes a statement. Now, granted. I'm a huge Kanye fan and will never back down about that. And I think that his his uh, the conversation that he created in regards to mental health was important. But because that it was Kanye, I feel like there were so many other things surrounding that that said, you know what? If Kanye is doing this, then let me go ahead and try to get a bag off of this. Right. Because of it being popular in the moment. Because of his influence. Because of his influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. conversations around being it popular. And again, I think it's great that within our culture, millennial black hip hop culture, we're having conversations like this on a podcast, which can you imagine our parents having conversations like this at our age out on a podcast and this platform my, like I, this? I know my parents still won't talk about it. So going back to what Kobe said about the church, my parents are pro preachers, Kobe, just to let you know. Okay. And they, that's what I'm going to get into next. I know for a fact they do not believe in mental health in the ways that we do, everything like that I do now. Everything's a demon. Right. Everything can be prayed away or everything can be put some oil on, right? Like, those, th- my parents are very old school when it comes to, like, the yeah. whole religion thing. So right. What denomination? Uh, non-denomination. Okay. So, oh, that's surprising. It, right, I would have thought like Koji. Yeah, but see, my parents, they grew up in a tabernacle church. So like in a very strict, like I remember at, at one point in time, my mom, she couldn't wear red, she couldn't wear skirt, um, pants. You know what I'm saying? Skirts had to go to the ankles, stuff like that. I think that that in itself created a lot of, uh, a lot of like, I don't know, divide between the way that you believe in the way that they do. Right. Because yeah. see, like I said, coming to college really exposed me to a lot of things that I wasn't going to be exposed to otherwise. Right. Mm. And I think that the fact that my, my family or my parents, they don't know about all of these mental 
you know, health issues, they just see it as, oh, you're acting up or you're being bad or, oh, you're just acting sad all the time. Like it, it, it comes off as like you really don't care about it. And I think that mm-hmm. as a child, if, if I don't know if I would if I had a mental you know disorder when I was younger, but if I did, they took it as either I was acting out or I just needed to, to like find something to do. Mm-hmm. Go find basketball. Find, go play football. Because you know they think that as Get a child, you don't have anything way. to be depressed about. But there's a lot of things that go on with children. I, there I could be abuse. The there could be whatever the case may be that are triggering these. You know, because yeah, you don't have to be born with it. You can have yeah, a traumatic. Yeah, yeah. You can have a traumatic experience that produces a mental health issue. I, I, go ahead, Kobe. Go ahead. Uh, seeing a body drop. Yeah. Yeah. So trauma I, is different. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I want to bring up that uh, generational uh, mental health awareness and everything. Uh, my mom's a psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. So you would. Think, yeah. How was that? Right. Right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you would think that okay, Nick, your mom is that. That's all. My mom has a PhD in mental health, like shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that, that's what she does. So how was that growing up as a kid? And it, bro, to be honest with y'all. Y'all never the had exper- that kind of- The experiences that y'all are talking about, you know, maybe Calvin being a little bit different with his parents being a preacher, but I mean, for the most part, I'm not having much more different conversations than y'all are me growing up with my mom being a psychologist. Now, it may be unbeknownst to me that those are the types of conversations that she was probably having with me that I was unaware of, that I was not cognizant of. But I did not personally see a difference in the fact that when we started having when the conversation about mental health became popular about two years ago, when we started having these conversations, I'm asking the same type of questions and dealings and things. Now, I did not have an experience like Colby, okay, or Sierra or anything like I can't sit here and say that. But so the types of conversations that I'm having are similar to everybody else. Like, okay, well, what is my mental health state? Right. Mm -hmm. That's what prompted me to go to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's that's the whole point. Like, okay, man, man, let me go see what my mental health state is right now. Go see a psychologist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I obviously have good recommendations because of my mother. But even now, I have yet to this day. I've had one conversation with my mom that I can go off the top of my head where I sat down with her and said, like, hey, ma, like, I need your help on this. Cause right. I really did like I'm dealing with something that's pretty like extreme in my life right now, and I need you like I need some assistance in this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that's what her profession is, so yeah, I, I, I don't want I, I wanted to preface my whole statement in regards to this conversation that yes, my mom is a psychologist. She does talk about mental health. Has been on mental health programs. That's actually a pretty good dynamic. Like you had the church parents, you were a PK, mm-hmm. you had an actual mom that was you know, and our families were just you know. Yeah. My my mom taught Sunday school. My dad was a deacon, so I was definitely in the church, but they weren't like the P it wasn't like PK. (laughs) Yeah. See my parents weren't in the church at all. Like I only went because my grand my Yeah. I was baptized Catholic in Mississippi and then grew up in a small Baptist church where it's only all the old people in my family Uh, went. Mississippi? Yeah. Listen. I'm just listen, this is very abnormal podcast okay we went pretty much the duration of where i think we need to cap off on the show <laughs> for how the length of where we're, where we're at so um so with that being said um y'all are gonna get this show and it's gonna be popping uh again it's a very abnormal show that we that we we typically don't have we gotta clap it up one time for mr Kobe. 
appreciate you, you coming much. out, Kobe. But Thank I, you, bro. a couple things I want to get um, across. One, the social media handles. One time for where they can find you at. All right. So my personal page is Kobe Cornell, C O L B Y C O R N E L L. On the nonprofit organization is Journey of Mind. Journey of Mind Inc. For Inc. On Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, everything is on Journey of Mind Incorporated. I saw recently, and you even got reposted by, I think it was HBCU, HBCU Pride Nation. Yeah. Uh, you started a new program. Talk about that a little bit. I did. So I created an online university um, academy called Journey University. Um, I, I recently launched a co- an online course for postgraduates experiencing depression. Ooh, it's called talk about um, it. Being It <laughs> When God Saves the Best for Last, 28 Days to Recognizing Your Winning Season. Because the world and the universe does move and operate within seasons, and postgraduate depression is not talked about enough. I have friends to this day who have not gotten a job, and they were in some of the highest different positions on university's campus. So it's definitely a awakening that happens to a lot of people. So definitely check that out. That's what's up, man. Thank you so much, Kobe, for being in the car with us today. Um, again, let's clap it up for my man, Kobe. Uh, Sierra Danielle. Um, let's leave on a positive tip. Just give something good to the people to leave out on this week. Um, I would say that any progress is progress. Forward mm-hmm. is forward. No matter how much you move forward, no matter how small, no matter how big it is. Yeah. Forward is forward. And that's a lot of that's a lot of things that I had to tell myself because I would beat myself up like, oh, I wanted to get this done today. Well, yesterday you couldn't get out of the bed, but today you did. So that's progress. You know what I mean? Dope. Or yesterday you, you you wanted to organize your room a little bit. And today you actually got that done. So celebrate the small wins, the small accomplishments, and take it day by day. Damn. Because Lord knows I need to get my room organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, Calvin Phillips, man, leave the people good. Something with, uh, leave them something good to leave with. <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> This, is, this just goes to uh, the way that I, I live my life nowadays, but your path is not everybody's path. So, you know, your path to success may not look the same way as a counterpart or somebody who you're aspiring to be. Um, however, you know, your path still can be just as successful. It's just a different path. Yeah. So don't don't let that, you know, take away from your vision. And your hey, uh, Jay Z dropped his first album at 26. Just as a heads up for those that were wondering. So anybody that's on that journey right now, that's in. We are a millennial based podcast. We talk about a lot of things that address millennials and discuss the plights that millennials deal with, along with the successes that we also have uh, on a variety of multitudes with Kobe having his own brand with Sierra. You having your own brand. Calvin can discuss at uh, length about cult marketing and cult fest. Uh, and along with this entire podcast. Uh, we talk about a lot of different things. So one of the things, no matter what journey you are currently on right now, uh, to use Colby's turn, trust the process, uh, trust the journey that you're currently on right now. And it's going to be okay. All right. Listen, it may be a rough season right now. All Go right? ahead, pass the tune. The weather may not be as pretty on your side. Of the well, well. Right now. you know what I'm saying? The grass may not be as green, but just know. That the rain is coming. That the rain is coming. <laughs> and it's going to get water. And when you hop over that fence, <laughs> the grass is going to be green. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Because the grass is green on the other side. But the grass is going to be green on the other side. Now, it might not be as green. 
<laughs> you are the worst motivational speaker ever. Hey, hey, the grass is not green on the other side. It's hey, green when you water it. But it ain't what they've been watering. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>